0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Semantic Cybersecurity Brief, our weekly podcast where we discuss all things cybersecurity. I'm Bridget O'Gorman and this week we we bring you a special podcast examining the impact of the General Data Protection Regulation, aka the GDPR. The GDPR came into force one year ago this month and brought, brought with it some major changes for companies in the areas of data protection and compliance. We are joined today by Zoltan Procini, Symantec's Director of GDPR Strategy, to discuss the impact of the GDPR, how it has changed people's attitudes towards data protection and privacy, and what data protection and privacy challenges are likely to face companies in the future. Um, so Zoltan, I suppose if you first just want to tell us, I guess, who you are and what you do in your role here at Symantec.
1: Yes, absolutely. So uh, I'm an attorney in the Symantec Global Privacy Office, where I'm in charge of uh, regulatory strategy and privacy by design, which is sort of a big title to essentially say that I'm looking at emerging new privacy legislations and advising the company on how to adapt to them. So I joined this office 18 months ago specifically to support our Company, uh, company-wide company GDPR compliance project and the overall privacy program that sort of resulted from that project. And I came over to this office from the Government Affairs Department where before that I spent seven years working with European lawmakers on privacy and cybersecurity related regulations and legislations, among which mostly the GDPR. So that's how I, and that's why I ended up in the compliance side of the house 18 months ago.
0: Okay. Wow. So, I mean, it's really your, your area of expertise and I suppose obviously one of the steps the company took then to prepare for the introduction of GDPR was bringing yourself in there. But what kind of other effects did the introduction of GDPR have on semantic? and what sorts of other steps did the company have to take in order to prepare for the introduction of this regulation?
1: Well. In broad terms, I'd say that we essentially did internally what we have been advising and recommending our customers to do. Basically, we ran a company-wide global project to get ourselves into what we now call a defensible compliance posture. So that's a process that has several steps to it. The first step was really to map and inventory the personal data assets that we have. And that covers all business units, that covers all business functions. So it was a pretty extensive uh, discovery exercise. Then we had to assess how we collect, how we process, how we store and how we destroy all that data, that personal data that is available across the company. And then assess also how far that is, all those processes are from meeting the new requirements of the GDPR. So that gave us a gap assessment, and based on that, we then did two things. On the one hand, we had to update and upgrade our existing privacy documentation, you know, policies, processes. We had to incorporate all the new requirements. For example, how you handle a data access request or a privacy complaint under the new procedures and deadlines defined by the GDPR. And then we also had another um, job which was to create a whole new range of capabilities which we didn't have before because they weren't mandated before the gdpr and now they are so for example we appointed an independent gdpr data protection officer who's now based in dublin ireland we also created a brand new uh, privacy by design framework which we then had to roll out and socialize across the company and this framework is basically designed to govern how anybody in the company can create, design, and document any products or services or processes that will touch personal data. And of course, one it's one thing to create these capabilities, and then you also need to show that you have them. So we launched a brand new public-facing privacy portal, and basically that's semantic.com slash privacy. And you will find there all the transparency information that the GDPR requires us to publish. For instance, you'll find there our privacy statement, our product privacy notices. You will have the contact details of our uh, data protection officer. Customers will find uh, contractual materials like our so-called GDPR data processing addendum, which they need to sign if they want to work with us in a GDPR compliant way, et cetera. So lots of information for people to see and know that Symantec has done its homework GDPR wise. And then of course, that's the external facing web presence of our privacy effort. We had to do the same internally. So we completely revamped our internal-facing privacy resources, our internet pages, we provided training campaigns, we wrote awareness-raising articles, webinars, etc. So overall, the whole GDPR compliance project and this current privacy compliance program which resulted from it, basically it took us to a place where we now are confident that when it comes to privacy compliance, we say what we do and we do what we say.
0: Okay, I mean, that obviously kind of outlines, I suppose, the kind of level of preparation and the level of work that's required for companies to go into when it comes to GDPR. So I suppose if you want to look at the more kind of general um, legal and compliance space in general, what sort of impact do you think, you know, GDPR has had on that space in general? Do you think it's caused kind of big changes or kind of had a big effect on the whole kind of legal and compliance area for companies in general?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, So I think the the biggest impact really of the GDPR so far has been to propel privacy compliance into the boardroom. It's really become a top priority for companies like Symantec, but also many, many other companies in the IT sector and beyond. So interestingly, because we went from a place where it was really the specialty of a small um, legal profession, it went into something that's absolutely mainstream with very high profile, um, you know, um, cases, privacy cases being litigated uh, for the last couple of years. We went to a place where privacy from being the specialty really became something mainstream. So at the same time, obviously the number of true privacy professionals hasn't really increased that quickly. So right now, it's very interesting to see that in the privacy space, we're witnessing something quite similar to what's I think a, co- a very common thing in a cybersecurity space, which is that talent is really difficult to attract and retain because it's very scarce and very expensive. So everybody's scrambling to get the best privacy professionals And of course, they are in short supply, so it's really getting very challenging to have the best lawyers, to have the best consultants, the best in-house attorneys, etc. And of course, as you would in any such situation where there's a scarcity of resources and high demand, there are lots of people out there with better and less good intentions who became privacy experts overnight Mm -hmm. or who have taken a new interest in privacy in general. There are really all sorts. So um, there is one kind uh, which suddenly invented itself data protection officer or data protection expert. And they're proposing their services to tens of thousands of companies out there who really don't know what to do or how to go about compliance and this is creating huge risk for those companies because obviously you do not want to hire a charlatan to do something that, at the end of the day if it's not properly done will earn you as significant sanctions and fines as the GDPR can impose. But then there are also other trends which I find highly uh, concerning which we're observing as privacy professionals at Symantec and that's what I call GDPR trolls and they come in all sorts of shapes and forms. So there's one type who will send you something like a complaint or a data subject access request, so basically demanding to get access to any data we have about them, completely out of the blue. They're not a customer, they're not a business partner, they're not even a visitor to our website or a registered user or anything. And then they say, give me all the data you have about me. you know, you, you get this request. The law requires of you that you respond. So you have to investigate. But how do you authenticate somebody like this whom you really don't know from anywhere? The risk there obviously is that you might end up giving them data which actually is not theirs. So there's there's been a, a sort of trend of fraudsters trying to gain access to data of other people by basically posturing as uh, well, other people, and making GDPR-based claims, hoping that if they say GDPR, then we're gonna just get scared and turn over the data. Of course, we've been extremely cautious with that kind of what I would call GDPR phishing, but there is this is fairly easy to, to address because if you don't have a relationship with that individual, you can basically shut this down. But there are other sorts of uh, trolls out there who are more sort of concerning for us. And those would be, for example, those who email us to say, hey, I just came from your website where I spotted 25, 30, 35 GDPR violations in one minute. Of course, that's probably absolutely untrue, but they still sort of make that threat And then they say, "Well," I can either report you right now to the data protection authorities, or I'm happy to work with you to help you fix those issues. And we get lots of those, uh, you know, fear marketing types of uh, GDPR-related, uh, GDPR-related um, uh, solicitations, if you will. So it's really interesting to see how this legislation and the frenzy around the legislation has created what could ultimately um, mean security loopholes for organizations that are unprepared or insufficiently skilled or resourced. Of course, probably this will not last. I'm optimistic and I don't think that this is going to remain a trend for the next several years because maturity is building. Currently, there is still a significant shortage of professionals, but numerous um, academic curricula have emerged and training is getting up to scale. So in a couple of years from now, I think the maturity in the market will be there. And these sort of bad practices from the early days of the GDPR will simply recede because they won't be successful.
0: Okay, that's really interesting what you're saying about the GDPR trolls. And I suppose it kind of leads into my next question about, I mean, do you think the introduction of GDPR you know, it has kind of had an impact on the public, you know, at large sort of outside of the kind of business kind of compliance bubble. I mean, do you think it has made people more aware in general about how their data is used by companies? And has it, you know, prompted them maybe to kind of change their own behavior when it comes to looking after their data maybe and keeping it private?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we at Symantec do products and services which are, which are by far not the most privacy invasive in the market. So we're not a social network, we're not a dating platform, we're not any of those services. And still, even we receive a steady stream of data access requests, erasure requests, consent withdrawals, objections to marketing communications and that sort of thing which the GDPR has made possible and significantly encouraged so people have really taken control of their data and their privacy and interestingly not only in europe so it's striking to see that people from all around the world would contact us requesting access requesting erasure requesting all sorts of things sometimes even invoking the gdpr in situations where the gdpr is not even applicable so The the fact that the regulation is there has created tremendous awareness and uh, people are really um, keen to find out how much information companies have about them. People are really uh, keen to, uh, to, to avail themselves of these rights that the GDPR has. Uh, reinforced and I think overall it's a good thing because it holds companies accountable and this significantly contributes to making privacy a market differentiator so really good privacy performance and good transparency on your privacy practices and good availability to respond to these data subject requests is tremendously important for a brand's credibility for our uh, for the for the customer trust in our services and in our products so i think the gdpr has definitely had a very significant impact on individuals themselves but also a very positive impact on us businesses so you know at the same time for us this also means a lot more responsibility than before, so we really need to be very careful, and we really need to make sure that all that transparency information that we publish to inform people about our practices is kept accurate and up to date at all times. So th- the way I like to put it is, you know, our privacy portal now has become the um, the, the shop window of the company on the privacy Champs-Élysées of the digital world, and. You know you really want that shop to be spotless so that's what we're doing on a daily basis
0: okay and i suppose i mean in a way you've probably really answered this question but i guess what i was going to ask is do you think the gdpr you know is working as it's kind of was intended to like has it improved the security of people's data and has it made companies do more to keep people's personal data safe? Like, is it actually fulfilling the purpose it was sort of intended to fulfill, do you think?
1: I would say definitely yes. So, you know, um, before the GDPR came, there was a lot of speculation about, oh, this is going to be terrible for the digital economy this is going to drive some people out of the market etc so uh, it's true that the gdpr has been transformational so there's no questioning that it did significantly impact the market and the business the businesses operating in the digital space and it could also be argued that it has in some ways created more i don't know paperwork or bureaucracy, although I would say that much rather than creating overhead, it actually puts uh, cast new light on the privacy practices which before then were either non-existent or not properly documented or were not properly valued by the market. As I said, today having a good performance uh, on the privacy front is really a very big plus Competitively, so the GDPR has made that happen, and um, and overall, I think the positives can be measured both on the uh, individual side. And on the um, on the businesses side, as as we discussed just a minute ago, the GDPR has literally empowered individuals who you know are called data subjects in uh, in the GDPR to learn about what we're doing with their data, and they're actually not only using their rights, they're reading up. So we have material evidence that all these lengthy papers, all these lengthy policies, and Documents that are published in privacy portals are not just there to be pretty people actually read them People actually want to know and they go into the details of of these documents and they ask questions So that's very encouraging because it gives new meaning to the kind of work that I'm doing It's very very rewarding professionally and also for the company. It's very comforting to know that not only are we doing good things but we're also being credible about how we do these things and people trust us all the more. And then, as I said, because this is creating new market value, this is also creating new opportunities for GDPR-based, GDPR-ready, GDPR-enabling commercial offerings. And we at Symantec are in the business of creating technologies and services that are designed to protect information and secure networks which are essential to privacy. So in a way, it has significantly helped our own business because people around the world care more about their data. Therefore, the businesses who handle that data will care more about protecting that data. So I think this is really a win-win deal both for the individuals and for the businesses, including specifically the cybersecurity businesses that we are.
0: Okay, and I suppose if we look forward, I guess kind of for the last couple of years, the GDPR and becoming GDPR compliant and GDPR regulation has been a big challenge for companies in general. But I suppose if we want to look forward, what other kind of big challenges do you think companies might face kind of in the areas of privacy and data protection in the future?
1: Oh, well, um, let's put it that way. the GDPR has created tremendous momentum around privacy. And as you may have observed, legislators pretty much everywhere around the globe have started following suit. So Brazil has its own data protection law quite similar to the GDPR that will soon enter into force. India is now molding new privacy legislation. Japan recently achieved adequacy with European data protection laws. And then of course, you have the United States, where state legislators have also started working on their own privacy legislations. You hear a lot about California, but there are many, many more. Actually, right now in our uh, regulatory watch function, we're tracking more than 20 different state legislatures that are creating or working on their own privacy bills. And you know, that's not even counting discussions at the US federal level. For example, right now, the U.S. National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, is working to come up with a privacy framework to be sort of a companion document to the NIST cybersecurity framework. So, you know, when you look at this map, then you you can't help uh, thinking about the challenge it's going to be to manage the scale and diversity of all these regulatory developments out there. You can't help asking yourself, okay, how many of these will I be able to meaningfully integrate into my privacy program, and how am I even going to do all of that? So, of course, in an ideal world, we'd like to cover everything everywhere, but, you know, as uh, we discussed earlier, the resources are so scarce and they are so stretched already that we really need to put a lot of risk assessment into what we focus on now where we start, what we do next and what we give for later. Strategically, um, I would really like to have the time you know, to sit back and think it all through, understand the synergies between all these laws, find the commonalities, figure out the local specificities and then we should have the time to work with our colleagues and places like our government affairs team, the public affairs team and broader industry associations. And so we could get into this more in-depth dialogue with the lawmakers so they don't all come up with different ideas. At the same time, there's really a legislative race of who's going to get there first, who's going to have their privacy bill across the line first. So hopefully, the GDPR and all this effort we put into becoming GDPR compliant is, a good en- is good enough for sort of a solid basis to start from or to build onto. But still, I think that in the next two or three years, we yeah, uh, at uh, the, in the Symantec Global Privacy Office as well as everyone in our profession globally will probably spend our time scrambling. But that said, I still want to be optimistic, you know, in a previous life. Uh, I worked on a massive European regulation on chemical safety called REACH. And as it was being developed, everybody was terrified, you know, oh, this is going to doom our business, it's so big and so complex that it's never going to work, the rest of the world will never adhere to that European fantasy, and you know, all that sort of scaremongering. And when it got adopted, there was some sort of a panic that erupted with everyone. Uh, racing to you know to secure the resources to have chemicals tested registered controlled authorized and all these procedures around chemical safety so there was a point around 2010 when it looked like the task was so enormous that nobody would ever see the end of it now about 10 years later that REACH regulation is pretty mature its enforcement is pretty much at cruising speed the global value chains have adapted And really, I don't recall any major headlines about this or that chemical company going out of business in the process. Meanwhile, I do see that chemical safety has greatly improved in Europe. So, you know, I'm expecting very similar dynamics to play out in the privacy space. The GDPR for sure will have been the first and greatest catalyst but I think that at the end of the day, what we will get is ultimately some sort of a win-win deal for individuals and businesses alike. It's gonna take a couple of years, but we're on a good track to get there.
0: Great, we will try to remain optimistic, so Zoltan. Um, that's brilliant. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us today as we approach the one year anniversary of the GDPR. My pleasure. That's about all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the podcast and be sure to join us next week for our usual roundup of all the happenings in the world of cybersecurity. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Threat Intel and Medium at medium.com forward slash threat intel. You can also read our latest blogs at semantic.com forward slash blogs forward slash threat hyphen intelligence. Until next week, thank you and
1: goodbye.